we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 19th day of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams, and we are back for the first time this week because we had a couple of extended days. Uh, we had some extra content to put out. Bruce, how are you doing today? How was your weekend? Uh, doing good. The uh, new member of the family, if you want to call it that, has been a pain in the rear. No, this, is, this has been one of the most, no, not one of, the most difficult raising of a puppy I have ever experienced and we've had many uh in my lifetime also cats as well and uh, this this has been the worst of any of the animals that we've had so far and we've only had him for like, like a week yeah that's so that's saying quite a bit how but old is he anyway he's like nine weeks old now i think oh boy yeah yeah yeah. so he's basically he's chewing everything up uh or he's, he's getting to that point where he's gonna you know, just start he's, on the furniture and everything yeah yeah chewing everything he, he's uh doesn't understand uh like no yet and whines when there's no human uh, in line of sight um he, he had issues with uh worms uh thanks to the people that um ivermectin works uh, i hear ivermectin yeah it, it does actually that is uh the it's for worms we're not talking about covid it's for worms it's for that parasites. is the active ingredient so yeah it, it is yeah uh so it has been a, a fun experience that's good to know you're um, you're going through um, through life's little experiences like that. Yeah, you're gaining all that um, as you're nodding your head. <laughs> you're you're gaining all of that uh, that life experience and and that that responsibility and and you're really mm. you're gaining more maturity. <laughs> How mm. am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is this is not something I asked for. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it would be it would be different if this were something I. I chose under my own volition but it's kind of being thrust upon me so i don't really have a choice in the matter which well as an, as an animal lover. If, if you've listened well i mean if you've listened to the podcast anytime you thrust something upon me and force me to do something it doesn't really go well it, it just it doesn't work so well that's because you're a believer in self-governance that's what you're a believer in you believe in choosing your own way of doing things as opposed to having something forced upon you and added to that you don't force your way on other people. So there is that. I mean, I, I kind of had a similar situation. Somebody was telling me about a book over the weekend. Oh, you got to read this book. You got to read that book. And I'm like, look, I have, if you only knew the stack of books that I have that I haven't gotten to yet, I have all those that I have to read first. And quite frankly, this is a fiction book. Now, I don't have anything against people that read fiction. I, I don't. I, I really don't because that's a good that's a good escape for people. And, and I understand it takes you to a place. And if you got a really good writer and they they're able to you know paint the pictures in your head as you're reading and telling the story and everything, it's fantastic. That's really good. I, I think that the world needs more of that, to be honest with you, because we're so caught up in all this other fake garbage that you find on TV and everything else. Uh, it's it's better to have something that's tangible that you can actually put some thought into. And it's also a good medium to to teach ideals and principles as well. 
That's true. That's true. But fiction books are really not for me. They're, they're really not for me. I, I'm more of the nonfiction. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, and I, again, I have nothing against people that read fiction, but I'm into reality. I, I, I'm into things that, that either have happened or things that are happening now or, or real life instances, real life situations that I can study about. That's what I'm interested in. And when someone says, no, 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 you've got to read this book, that that really bothers me because I, I'm not taking all of the things that I read and I say, here, go read this. Go, go read, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich is a good book by William L. Shire. Got a Pulitzer Prize for it. It's about how the Nazis came to power during the Second World War. It's a fascinating read. That's real historical documentation of how those those evil people were able to do what they did. The Grand Chessboard is a big number It's about geopolitics and, and strategy. It turned out to be a flawed theory, but uh, nonetheless, it gives you an idea, especially right now, how this is all being played out. They're still operating. The, the old Western elites are still operating based on some of that theory. Uh, Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley. Man, you talk about a history book. I mean, that's a true history book. But my point is, is I don't take any of these books or, or like the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Schultz. I don't take any of these books and force them on other people. I can recommend them and say, hey, if you're looking for a good read, then there's this. That's it. I, I don't say no, 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 no. Stop everything you're doing and go read that. That's not my place to do so. It's not my business to do so. I, I don't want to force my ideals on other people. It's up to that person to make their choice about what they want to do, whether that's read fiction, read nonfiction, whatever. And how that person arrives at their own conclusion, their own opinion, is for them to learn. They could read the same book. Two people can read the same book and come to different conclusions about how things should be according to their own views. And that is a good thing. That is a good thing because then that allows us to analyze and examine after the fact and say, okay, how did you come to that conclusion? And then let's talk about that. And then I came to, I, I can base that argument off of my conclusion. Then we can go back and forth and we can maybe arrive at a completely different conclusion that neither of us thought of, but we both agree on. That's the wonder of critical thinking. And we need more of it, quite frankly. Um, anyway, all right. Bruce, you know what is fascinating about this weekend? You know what was so great about it? I mean, I know you didn't really have too much of a you know, good time over the weekend, but um, did, did you, did well, you well, hear the important I mean, news over the weekend? Uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, no. I have been disconnected from reality over the weekend. So. Oh, that's a shame. That is, that is a real shame, I have to say, because you really missed a treat. The World Economic Forum kicked off their annual meeting in Davos, Switzerland over the weekend. And dear old Klaus, of course, him being the head of that group, the founder and the leader of that group, of course he has to make the opening statement. You don't want to have that meeting with, which, of, which was a virtual meeting, but they, and you know, we all know why they canceled it because of death threats to them and their families. Uh, but uh, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> it was from Omicron. That damn Omicron is why they canceled it. Anyway, dear old Klaus decided he was going to give his opening statement for everything. And, you know, you got the usual rigmarole of, oh, it's about biodiversity and climate change and social justice and inclusivity, whatever the hell these idiots talk about. But what shocked me was his ending to that opening statement. Take a listen to this. At this pivotal moment, I see several priorities for the global agenda. We must continue to fight against the global pandemic. We must revitalize the global economy and accelerate its transition to net zero. Uh -huh. We must preserve biodiversity by deploying nature-based solutions and we must 
narrow the gap between the rich and the poor to achieve more sustainable global development. With these goals in mind, it is my distinct honor and great privilege to introduce His Excellency Xi Jinping, President of the People's Republic of China, to open the Davos Agenda. <laughs> His Excellency Xi Jinping, President of the People's Republic of China. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I don't think he's president, first of all. Isn't he chairman, uh, number one? He's chairman, um, yes. Uh, and I, I learned something else about that today. Xi is not, he has positioned him from their perspective. I, I'm not saying I agree with this, but from their perspective. Xi has positioned himself in a pretty good spot politically. I mean, that, that's what they do. They When you get dictators that come to power, they consolidate and uh, they basically, they muscle their way through politics into a position of power, authority, and respect. And then everybody just becomes afraid of them and they end up ruling by terror and fear. What I found out was Xi still has one other hurdle that he hasn't, uh, he hasn't actually... Um, managed to to cross just yet. He has one other rival that is still standing in his way. And if I understand it correctly, he's got one other, uh, I don't know if it's like a another faction, I think is what it is. There's like, because you, you've got different factions within the Chinese Communist Party, and they're all like warring with each other for political power and, and all the rest of it and influence. And there's one other major faction in there. I heard the name of it over the weekend, uh, but I can't, I, I can't remember what it was. Uh, but anyway, no, nonetheless, this other person that's standing in his way, this other faction that's standing in his way, hasn't excluded Xi from the elections later this year. There are Chinese elections within the the Communist Party itself later this year. Now, it all depends on whether or not he has his influence and and, and people within the party shored up behind him. If he doesn't have it, then he's not going to be chairman for life. If he does manage somehow or another to get this other faction out of the way, then he should have no trouble. But uh, getting an endorsement, and I'm not saying that I agree with the endorsement. In fact, I think it's 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 just it's disgusting hearing that from Schwab, uh, as if he's not disgusting enough just on his own. But he gives that that is a signal, in my opinion to the other factions within the Chinese Communist Party. Hey, he's got these uh, these dupes over there in the West wrapped around his finger. So uh, we're, we're just going to stay with uh, with Jinping here uh, and, and we're going to move forward. We'll, we'll not even worry about this. Who's who's this other faction over here? Who's this rival? Who's he got wrapped around his finger in the West? Who, who do they have duped over there in the West? Nobody. But when you have Schwab and company and all those corporations that are a bunch of idiots and dupes themselves that have gone over there and jumped in bed with those. Well, if they've got if they've got them on board, if they've got them duped, and clearly the banks, they're duped as well, right? We all sit here and we criticize the banks, the banks, the banks, blah, blah, blah. The banks are not using the Chinese Communist Party. It's the other way around. The banks are using them. They got duped. And the worst part is they got duped three decades ago. Three decades ago, they got duped 30 years ago. And the worst part of that is the ones that got duped, the Klaus Schwab's, the JP Morgan types, the, the, the central bank types, they won't even admit the failure of them to themselves. That's the problem. That's what's really bad about the entire situation is Klaus Schwab won't even admit to himself that he's a dupe. Bill Gates won't admit to himself that he's a dupe. The heads of these central banks and these hedge funds won't admit to themselves and these corporate heads won't admit to themselves that they got duped. And now they're all in with the Chinese Communist Party. That's the problem. 
that's the conundrum. That's the elephant in the room. Why are we even doing business with them? I've been saying that for years around here. Why are we even doing business with them? They've got over a million and a half Uyghur Muslims in forced labor camps. Why are we even inviting them to attend, whether it's a legitimate conference or not, why are we even inviting them to attend any of our conferences? Any of them. I don't care if it's a World Economic Forum or if it's a, uh, I don't know, a national conference or a multinational conference of, of six nations like the G6, the G12, the G20, whatever G you want to put in front of the damn thing. Why are we even inviting them? The first words, if Schwab was any kind of self-respecting individual, which, of course, we all know he's not, if he were any kind of self-respecting individual that had any kind of spine or backbone about Western civilization, the first words out of his mouth would have been, we are here to collaborate between nations, although there are some nations who cannot join us because of their horrible track record in human rights. But we would appreciate it if they would clean up their act so they could join us on the world stage. But he won't even do that. Instead, he does what every good little sellout, every good little dupe, every slimy little creature that's ever walked the face of this planet does. He bows. His excellency. Drop dead. You sell out bastard. As you said, uh, they're guilty of many human rights violations. Um, why are we having the Olympics in that country um, is beyond me as well. The Omicron Olympics. The Omicron Olympics. As far as the globe is concerned, why are we still doing business with them? Uh, I'm in agreement there. It should show everyone everything you need to know just in that first little introductory. They're bought out their pawns to the CCP. I mean, it, it, that, that should be enough. And then everything they're talking about, the ESGs, all that nonsense, it's all to create a fascistic rule, if you will, a, a um, um, well, uh, you know, a new, a new, really, it's what China's doing to their own people. It's not communism necessarily because communist, well, it's not true communism because true communism has never been used. It's ne they've never made it there. Uh, and it's not really socialism because they, they have a private sector. They have the free market to a degree. It's a centralized free market, but they have a, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a capitalist crony, system. It's crony capitalism within the, yeah. the party members themselves, but it's communism that they use to control the population. Right. And that is, I mean, that's kind of what, that's kind of what fascism was in, in a sense. Uh, to yeah, agree. it's it essentially it's it is it is almost that if you look at the actual like the textbook definition of it, and Mussolini himself and everybody I mean anybody that is familiar with history Benito Mussolini the Italian fascist uh, leader uh, during uh, the Second World War even by his own decree says simply put the fascistic rule is a combination of state and corporate powers and that's what it is that's exactly what it is it's what it was in Nazi Germany Hitler used the industrialists to come to power. That's what it was. And the corporations, more or less, in Germany during during Hitler's rule, had the free hand. The Nazis came to the industrialists and said, look, you can do whatever you want. We really don't care. Make whatever you want. Build whatever you want. We don't care. But Germany needs this, this, and this before you do anything else. So as long as you provide the state with A, B, and C, whatever that is, insert whatever product you want or whatever service you want in front of that, as long as they provided that first, as long as you served the state and their interests first, then you could do whatever you want. China's the same way. It's the same way. America's been the same way for the last two years. That's true. That is true. You can't exclude that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, technically beforehand, we've technically we have powers in place to, you know, in an emergency situation, like 
I don't know, it's a world war and we need to gear up and, and go kick some ass. Uh, I mean, we, we have things in place to ensure that we can do that. But engaging them in the middle of a pandemic of the flu, um, that, that, that's a problem. Well, it wasn't just Chairman Xi that spoke there. Of course he did. He did speak there and he'd, he said a few things. I mean, we can go. Bruce, you want to hear what some of the, the chairman, excuse me, uh, uh, what, though they do call him chairman. Do you want to hear what some of his excellency had to say? Sure. Okay. Let's, I mean, uh, I'm, uh, I'm okay. for hearing what, what our enemies okay. have to say. Yeah. All right. He said, well, how can you say what? They're our dear friends, right? Isn't that what, isn't that what Joe Biden said? Hey, look, they're our friends. No, they're not our enemy. What's wrong with you people? This, yeah, th- those, are, those are our dear friends. Chairman G said to the Davos group, he says, major economies should see the world as one community. Bruce, do you see the world as one community? Do you, do you see, do you, I mean, do you believe that, that major economies should see the world as one community? I, mean, I guess I'll put it in his context. Now, keep in mind, they do abide by, or they try to abide by a one China policy. So I'm assuming that's that's kind of what he's he's alluding to here. So yes and no. I agree with that analogy in the sense of in an idealistic and in, in, in a perfect world. And in, in I would like businesses and the really the people on uh, the the world stage, the the quote unquote elite, to see the world as as one community. The problem is we're not in that perfect scenario. We're not in that perfect world. Um, you have many different cultures that do not mix together. It's water and oil. They don't work together. Um, and then you throw a, a match into the situation and it just combusts. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So though I agree on an uh, like perfect world scenario, it doesn't work in today's society. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You, 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 should, you should think of it as a business person. You're, you're trying to make a product that the entire population of the world can use. But your your focus should be since you're a capitalist, uh, the Western society first, and then if you can sell it elsewhere, have at it. But you should focus on Western world first, or even if you want to be idealistic, focus on trying to progress, truly progress the human race, and make something that's beneficial to humans um, and progresses us forward. Well, Bruce, see, that's what they're trying to do. They're they're obligated. Schwab and his his uh, his group of merry thieves down there. They're obligated to try and and make humanity better, right? He even said it in his own words that they need to look at this new technology and this new way of doing things as helping humanity and not harming humanity. Right. Yeah. So there, there's there's a few groups out there, uh, some in the past, some in the present, that have used the same terminology, and every time. It's happened in the past. Uh, it's resulted in millions of dead people. So, well, yeah, they have to try. I'm concerned about the right. groups. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, right. They have to try. And every time somebody said that, it ends up the same way you, you're talking about. The, the other thing is, is, even if Schwab is just a, a crazy loon that has no power, that really he's just he's just flapping in the wind. We have organizations that do actually have power and do have their foot in every household in America, uh, really in the world. Technically, Google, as an example, one of their stated goals is to genetically or not. Well, yeah, genetically and uh, socially engineer society. They want to do both. They're, they're starting with the, the social engineering first. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch the selfish, selfish ledger It's on YouTube, or at least it was. That was an internal video that wasn't supposed to be leaked. And that was leaked by one of the guys that wrote it. So I don't know. I mean, Google's saying themselves, it's no longer don't be evil. That was their motto in the beginning, which, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
It's kind uh-huh. of is that don't be evil. So, yeah, uh-huh. well, I, I was gonna say that should have been don't be evil, so we can we can be evil. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. It, it, are you are you telegraphing what you're gonna do? But mm-hmm. anyway, you watch the Selfish Ledger, and they they talk about uh, gene manipulation and um, social engineering. Gee, what uh, what is it right now that people are being forced, uh, well, coerced, uh, not really being forced, coerced, more or less, to take against their will and against their better judgment? Oh, gee, uh, it's a gene editing tool, isn't it? Yeah, gene therapy. And you're being socially engineered to take the gene therapy, so... And I do believe it was also Google's name that we saw in that funding to that Wuhan Institute of Virology for that game of function. It is indeed. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping called on Monday for greater world cooperation against COVID-19 and pledged to send an additional one billion doses of vaccines to other countries. Well, I I can't can't tell you how deeply moved I am just by hearing that Uh, while urging other powers to send one billion vials of saline solution and make them pay $20 a dose. It's a good point. They don't know what's Uh, in it. He also urged other powers to discard a Cold War mentality at a time of rising geopolitical tensions. The Chinese leader, of course, touted his country's efforts to share vaccines. Um, I'm sorry, did you do you have some kind of breakthrough that none of us know about? Because China, as of yesterday, has 100 million people in lockdown. He also touted his country's efforts to fight climate change and promote development at home and abroad as he delivered the opening speech of the virtual gathering hosted by the World Economic Forum. Uh, Okay, let me understand this. Fight climate change. China is the largest polluter in the world. They are the largest source of environmental damage that we have on this planet. I don't hear Klaus Schwab and company that are all about the environment and blah, 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 everything they try to tell you. Why, why doesn't he criticize that before saying his excellency? Why doesn't he criticize? For, forget all the other stuff just for the moment. Set that aside. You start in your opening statement talking about biodiversity and, and climate change and uh, in the environment, and yet you introduce the man who leads the number one polluted nation in the world for doing environmental and causing environmental damage. Man-made. Yeah, and by the way, uh, excluding uh, CO2 emissions, if you if you take that out uh, of, of there as I well, wasn't even talking China about that. China is still... I, I know, I'm, but I'm saying for people that are thinking, well, you just mean CO2 emissions because oh, yeah. they are building a new coal-fired uh, yeah. yeah, coal-powered... Uh, plant anyway uh, uh every, every week oh, i thought it was every like five minutes or something yeah well it's yeah whatever the figure is I mean, they're building a lot but excluding all of that all that information you've been hearing um the amount of pollutants they release into the ocean the amount of pollutants they release into rivers and and the the, the land it's their number one there is so much i actually saw a story on this from nasa a few months ago there is so much human waste, raw human waste that comes out of China. They dump it openly into the ocean. There is so much of it, you could actually see it from space. This is what we're touting? This? This is what we're touting? Half of the... Uh, what, I, I don't even want to say it's half. I, I think it's nearly... Was What did you say one time? It was like 90... Was it 90% of all the rivers in China don't even have drinkable water? I don't remember now. I don't remember that stat. I, I know it's pretty bad because the Chinese are, are trying to get into uh, parts of the Punjab, the Kashmir, uh, that's India, by the way, uh, for fresh water, for sources of fresh water. And they're also now trying to make a deal with, um, I can't 60%. think of it. 
Sixty percent. Okay, that's that's still that's still pretty bad. The Chinese are now trying to make some kind of a deal, or they're trying to just take it by force. And I think this would be a very big mistake if they try to do it by force. But they're trying to either do a deal, or they're trying to just take it from the Russians. And it's one of the deepest freshwater lakes in the world. And the Russians actually have it. It's in their territory. It's it's theirs. Uh, but it's one of the deepest freshwater lakes in the world for drinkable fresh water. And the Chinese need it. So I, I think that they're in the, the process of either trying to make a deal with them or something, which there's no deal to be had with the Chinese Communist Party. But they're either trying to make a deal with it of some kind or they're trying to just take it. So I, I don't even know how that's going to turn out. I just heard about that over the weekend. Uh, but anyway, Xi also touched on standard themes from his previous comments on internet or to international audiences, including responding to complaints by China's trading partners by promising to open its state-dominated economy wider to private and foreign competition. Uh, China's ports, all of them, all of their major ports anyway, are now closed because of COVID lockdowns. Now, there are reports, I haven't seen any of this in like any of the Western press yet, but the Chinese state-run media are reporting that there are Omicron outbreaks. As a matter of fact, they reported one today. The first case of Omicron was reported in Beijing. And of course, it didn't come from China. Who do you think they blamed it on? Oh, it's those Canadians. They blamed it on a on a package that arrived from Toronto, Canada. See, it's all those people that didn't get vaccinated in Canada. It's your fault. You see how that works? The the problem is it it can't survive on that surface long enough to get to the next port. It, yes, it just, I I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. But that doesn't that doesn't take away from the fact that um, there's stuff in there that's breaking. Now, I don't know that's breaking out. Now, I don't know if this is something that they have cooked up in there. I, I have no idea. It's it's hard to tell. And, and we probably won't even know. We probably won't even know. And even if it were to come out to the rest of the world, we're still dealing with trying to figure out. I mean, we all know what the truth is. We know where the paper trail goes. We're still trying to deal with the fact that Anthony Fauci could come forward at any moment at any moment and actually just admit the truth. If he would do that, boy, he'd have a better legacy than what he's got right now, wouldn't he? This is his legacy. He'd rather stick with this story. He'd rather just deny, 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 deflect, 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 than just come out and admit that they're the ones that are responsible for it. But see, we won't do that. Now, there's rumor that there is some type of hemorrhagic fever that has broken out in China, but that's all unsubstantiated. I don't know. I really don't know. All I know is they have 100 million people in lockdown over there, and it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they did it the first time, right? Wouldn't surprise me. But there was an office building. I read about this over the weekend. There was an office building in Beijing, and they tested positive. There was a couple of positive cases in the office building in Beijing. Do you know what they did, Bruce, in order to uh, to contain that outbreak? Do you know what they did? Take a guess. Um, I'm going to say they barricaded and welded doors shut. That is exactly what they did. They just showed up down there and they welded the door shut to the entire office complex and just said, stay in there. That's all they did. We, we, we've seen stories of people posting uh, in their, on their social media and people grabbing it before it's taken down uh, that they're locked away and uh, in their apartments and or, or uh, workplaces in this case. Uh, and the government says that they'll bring them food. No food ever arrives. And they're supposed to be in there for like three weeks or something like that. And they're concerned that they're going to starve to death. What did we say? What did we say months ago? Almost half was oh, it's been almost six months. China's harvest failed. Their harvest failed. They can't feed more than half of their population. So if you can't do that, if you can't feed more than half of your population and you're already overpopulated anyway, well, it's it's because of that virus. 
That's that's what's doing it. It's it's because of that. It, it's not it's not that our policies have have caused a, a failure on a massive scale and we're now going to starve you out. No, it's not that. Because if they didn't have something to fall back on, the Chinese people would rise up and hang them. Now these people here in the West are trying to distance themselves from COVID, uh, but we'll get into that here in just a minute. I think I, I think we can see kind of uh, as Dr. Yaden was saying on the interview with the German legal team, the fog is lifting, and there's a um, there's a very good indication of that. But we'll get to that in a minute. I want to stick with Xi here, uh, and I'm quoting here. Xi went on to. Um, to further comment, he said, we need to discard the Cold War mentality and seek peaceful coexistence and win-win outcomes. Our world today is far from being tranquil. Yeah, see, Bruce, can't you can't you agree with his excellency on that? It's far from being tranquil. I mean, you echoed the same thing. <laughs> I see you sitting over there stroking your your chin going, that'd be a cold day or before I ever agree with a Chinese communist. <laughs> that, that's the problem is... Um He's not entirely wrong. The problem is, is the solutions are going to be vastly different. Vastly Though, different. to be fair, it's not technically... Okay, I'm a firm believer in peace is not free. Freedom is not free. Those two require something. They both require sacrifices of blood. Oh, that sounds really dark and, and like ritualistic and all that kind of stuff, but that's what history has shown. To keep peace, to keep freedoms, there has to have been bloodshed. and. It, it unfortunately that's that's a requirement now because you have these crazy lunatics that want to come to power and try to take over the world and you have to you have to beat them down and the only thing these types understand is violence so which is where they want to take that's a requirement that's, that's where they want to take yeah it, unfortunately that's that's where they want to take it going on with all the nice uh fluff talk and everything oh we need to come to a peaceful solution we need to coexist we we need tranquility blah 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 as bruce said i agree with the sentiment i do i mean i'm i'm on board with that too i agree with the sentiment from uh from xi jinping but we have two different ways on how we want to get there. I don't believe in a in a communist super state existing in the world. Rather that's in China or rather that's in uh, Davos, Switzerland or or the United States or Canada, wherever. I don't care. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in a fascist totalitarian state either. I don't want either one. I don't want authoritarianism, period. I don't give a damn what side it comes from. I don't want any of it. None of it. I want freedom, private property, laissez-faire capitalism, and leave me alone. That's what I want. I want politics at the local level. I want agriculture, farming, economies at the local level. And we work our way up. That's what works. It's not perfect, but at least it gives people freedom. At least it gives people an opportunity to take part in a representative form of government that will work for them and their families. Now, on the more harsh side of things, President Xi Jinping threatened on Monday that a confrontation with China would only result in catastrophic consequences. Now, again, he, he said before that China will not uh, intimidate. They will not bully. They will never threaten another nation. He did say that. Xi Jinping has said that before. I, I legitimately think that was a lost in translation. And I legit think what he <laughs> actually said was... We will not be bullied. We will not be intimidated, I, I think, is what uh, he yeah, really we, we was saying. But yeah. It's like Google yeah. with the don't be evil thing. Yeah, got it. Got it. Uh, during a speech before the virtual only Davos World Economic Forum, Xi said the world needs to move away from what he called the Cold War mentality. Right. He says acts of containment, rhetorics that stoke hatred and prejudice abroad 
uh, excuse me, prejudice about, so he was speaking through a translator, which there's nothing wrong with that. Acts of containment, suppression, or confrontation arising thereof do all harm, not the least good, to world peace and security. History has proved time and again that confrontation does not solve problems. Uh, again, I, I agree. Uh, it only invites catastrophic consequences. Protectionism I, and... I, I, I disagree wholeheartedly, though. I, I wholeheartedly disagree. How did we get peace over the last hundred years? We opened a can of whoop that's, ass on that's some crazies. True. That's true. But, but I, I, in his context, I believe what he's saying is, is that it shouldn't come to that point in the first place. But uh, I, that's fair. I, I can, yeah. I can say, I can agree with that. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with that part of it. On the other hand, on your side of it, I also, with the way you put it in that context, we had to put an ass kicking on somebody in order for that nonsense to stop. And we're going to have to do it again. We're going to have to smack these people in the face and say, listen here, little boy, because let's be honest. Let, let's let's all be honest here. All these people, and I don't care if it's these public health department people, all the way up to Klaus Schwab and the Rockefeller people themselves, they are spoiled, rotten children that have no connection to the real world. They have never grown up in the real world. They are spoiled children. That's all they are. And they're about to have their damn lollipop taken away. That's the problem. What do you do when you have a bully on the schoolyard and he won't stop bothering you? You pick up a brick and you smash him with it. They get the hint really quickly. They go crying home to their mommy and their daddy. And we're going to have to send these people home. You use a bit of an American tactic that we've um, uh, picked up, I guess. Um, the um, superiority. Uh, in other words, you come at them with so much force that they, exactly as you said, they go crying home to mommy. That That's the only response that they have. You, you overwhelm them. And, and that, that honestly... I know it's not perfect. I understand. It's it's hearkening back to barbaric times, if you will, before there was peace, when there was still tribalism, and we would slaughter each other. And but unfortunately, there there is uh, people in this world that that's the only that's the only language they understand is violence. You know what? Uh, unfortunately, I I don't. Well, I mean, I I'm still I'm still of the opinion at this moment, and I'm still hopeful at this moment at this moment that this can be done peacefully and and quietly. Uh, and I I think that it can. And quite frankly, that's the way it needs to happen. Because let's be honest, the ones that are in charge that are running this circus show, they're the ones that want to make it violent. We don't. We don't want violence. We, we don't want violence. We've never wanted violence. We're not the violent type. Leave us alone. We're the leave us alone type. We're not conformists, but leave us alone. Let us do our own thing. You do whatever in the hell it is you're going to do over there, except when it starts to come at us. Now, I'm still a firm believer in the fact that we can handle this peacefully. The problem is, and I think this is what you're alluding to, Bruce, just so we have, we have to be very clear on this. The problem is, is that they aren't going to go quietly. Now, I am a firm believer in the legal system. This current legal system, bit to be desired, bit to be desired, because quite frankly, they've compromised everybody within the legal system. We're looking to the legal system to persecute and prosecute these people when we finally get them into custody. But if they own the legal system, well, then there's no sense of justice, is there? There's nothing that can be done. It would be nothing but show trials. Quite frankly, I think that that's the next stop for the governments and the bureaucracy. I think that the elites the Klaus Schwab types are going to offer them up. The central banks, the ones that own them, they're going to offer them up as show trials. That's my guess. And they're going to remain. The governments aren't going we, to remain. 
we already have two show trials going on currently. The Maxwell um, trial. January 6th and Maxwell. And January 6th, yeah. But the larger ones, they'll pick up some people to fall on their swords. Fauci and company, they'll all go down. You know, the old war horses, they'll all go down. But the power structure will remain in place. That's not what needs to happen here. If you listen to the interview of the German legal team with Dr. Fulmish and Dr. Um, uh, Michael Yaden, if you listen to them, at the end of that interview, Dr. Fulmish said it very clearly. He says, we're going to get them. We're going to go all the way this time. We cannot leave anything to chance when it comes to legal prosecution on the other side. We cannot leave anything to chance. All of them have to fall. All of them. Now, it's not enough to do it within the current legal system, I believe. I believe. And this is what this is what Dr. Fulmish's argument is, is that the current, and I think, Bruce, you heard the, uh, the earlier interview of him before. He said, look, this system that we're in now is like, it's just, it's gone. His argument is we're going to need to create a new international legal system to prosecute these people, just like we did at Nuremberg. We didn't have the courts established to prosecute them. We had to create them. It took us over a year as the allies to set up the courts, just to set them up to try the Nazis. We're going to have to do the same thing again. It's going to take time to establish that new legal system. And quite frankly, I don't remember anybody complaining when we persecuted them. Do you? Did you hear any complaining? Have you read about any complaining when we tried the Nazis at Nuremberg? I didn't hear any complaints. We're not going to hear any complaints now either. But this time, this time is going to be different because we tried the people that carried it out the last time at Nuremberg. We tried the ones that they hired to carry it out, but we didn't get the people that funded them. This time, we're going to get the people that fund this. So uh, you pointed out something good that I, I just want to um, kind of uh, repeat uh, to make it clear. Uh, I'm not calling for violence in this, uh, in, in my stances on, you know, bringing up the fact that we used violence in the past to, uh, you know, defeat dictators and whatnot. In those scenarios, they were they were legitimately raising armies and using our like they were using uh, brute force to try to take over at that point. Uh, this scenario, they're not trying to use brute force yet at least. And also we have a lot of mechanisms in place right now that are basically, it, it gives us power or, or the ability to do things peacefully. I mean, that's the entire, the whole Western world, the way we're designed, we can, we can get all these people out and do it all peacefully. Uh, we, you know, no, no violence at all. And just uh, correct things. We have that ability. Uh, it's just a matter of ensuring that our systems uh, function the way they're supposed to. I honestly think that they're looking for a way to to step out of this, as in they're they're looking for an exit strategy. Uh, the the uh, the powers that be, they're they're looking for an exit strategy to get away from this COVID. I think I think they're about done with it. I don't think they can go any further. The one thing that they cannot do, no matter what they they shut down or they who they kick off of social media or whatever, they can't stop word of mouth. That's been the biggest hindrance for them. If you're subscribed to us on Telegram, you've seen these things. Uh, we've put videos up all weekend of the uh, the movements across Europe again. I mean, just stellar, stellar turnouts. Australia, you had great turnouts down there as well. The comment that I heard over the weekend that was put out by uh, Dr. Robert Minotti, who is one of the people on the German legal team working uh, to to deal with the, uh, the fallout of this on the other side as far as prosecutions go, he made a World War II analogy. He said, we're at the gates of Berlin. We can see the Reichstag in the distance. We're at the gates. We're getting close. 
Now, Bruce, when you look at the numbers that you saw that I that you and I sat down and we looked at in in all these countries and all these cities and and everything, the amount of people are we at those gates? Do you think that the good doctor's assessment was correct in using that analogy? I hope so. I legitimately hope so. With the numbers that we're seeing on the streets uh, protesting, yeah, I think that's accurate. If these protests are like others, and the number of people on the streets are just a representative, if you will, of the actual people that believe that, because you know you're not going to have everybody out there being activists. Uh, if that holds true in this, uh, just like every other protest, then yeah, there's a lot of people out there that that are of this mindset that won't go along with. You know, they get stuck in their echo chambers and think that they're they're uh, winning, if you will. And they're not paying attention to any of the other people out there that are protesting. It's interesting seeing the groups that are out there protesting. You know, we we talk about seeing the um, uh, LGBT flags, the uh, hell we've seen some other flags that of groups we don't agree with, like the, the you know, the pro-Palestine groups or the, the Antifa or, you know, those kinds. Um, they're out there protesting with the the um, uh, the others as well. Uh, so. You, you have both left and right in this movement, and that that doesn't bode well. That doesn't bode well. That doesn't well. bode well at all. As a matter of fact, the, uh, what was it, the uh, the German, uh, what was he, over the weekend, in Germany, the uh, the president of the State Protection and Counterterrorism Agency sees the, uh, the new scene of enemies of the state. <laughs> you hear this? The new scene of enemies of the state at protests against COVID restrictions, which can and I'm quoting here, which can no longer be clearly assigned to right-wing or left-wing extremism. You see, the problem is, is exactly what you just said for the agenda and for the uh, for the governments and the, and the health departments and the elites and the corporations. The problem with that is it's all walks of life. That is precisely what they don't want. They want division. They want tribalism. They've tried everything over the last two going on three years to split up our families, split you up based on on your your sexual orientation, based on your gender, based on your uh, your religion, based on your uh, your skin color, all of it, everything. And it's failed. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's worked in some areas, but it's failing. It's collapsing. It, it's kind of like, well, the, the analogy that comes to mind right off the bat is you, you don't take antibiotics for everything, every single infection that you have, because then you're going to have bacteria and whatnot that is immune to uh, antibodies. And um, you lose. Kind of the same thing, a similar idea here. Um, yeah. You, you can't keep using the, the, the racist card or the, the bigot card or, you know, all the all the kind of BS that they keep using on us. Because eventually it loses its potency. Uh, if somebody came up to me and called me a racist, well, actually, even before all of this went down, I would just be like, yeah, whatever, and, and go about my day. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. It, being called a name doesn't bother me. Um, but more people are, are, yeah, exactly. Uh, more, more people are jumping on board with this, though, because you, you did have the types that were like, um, they were concerned about, which, uh, you know, to be fair, I am concerned about not, I, I try not to offend people, but if you get offended, it's, it's your own fault. I don't bother myself with that. That said, I, I, I legitimately try not to. There's other people that go out of their way, bend over backwards to try not to uh, offend people. Uh, those people are starting to realize that this is that like it, they're getting an immunity to being called racist or being called bigot or, or any of those kind of things. They're, they're, so I think their agenda as a whole 
is starting to collapse and COVID is just kind of the, it's the wake up moment for some people and it's the last straw for others. Well, I think it's, yeah, you're absolutely right on that. And I, and I also believe that it has to do with the fact that as when I said they can't stop word of mouth, words getting around that these shots are killing people. Okay. Let's, let's be very clear on that. I mean, my God, you've got the, uh, what was, what the hell's her name? The, uh, the woman from down there in, um, uh, in Australia, is it New South Wales, Gladys or whatever in the hell her name is? I, hell, I don't know. Uh, anyway, th- this is her. Listen very carefully what she says. And of the 36 people, 33 were vaccinated against COVID. Generally, they had had two doses. Um, three people were not vaccinated. Of the three people who died under 65, one was vaccinated against COVID and had two doses and two people were not vaccinated. All three of those under 65 had underlying serious underlying health conditions. And of the older people, only a handful, four, had had their boosters. So can I just echo the Premier's comments, and I know this will be echoed by Ms Pearce in her presentation about the vaccination. There needs to be a sense of urgency in embracing the boosters. Okay, that's enough of that. So you get you get the idea. So three pe- out of the thirty six that that she named as people that died, three of them were unvaxed. Uh, and then she says, "Yeah, I can't stress the urgency needed for those to go out and get the get the booster." Um, lady, you you just got done saying that thirty three people out of thirty six that took the vaccine are dead. Do you hear yourself? Do you hear? And and then you turn around in the same sentence and you say you can't stress the urgency of getting another one. Was she also saying because she said the three of them were not vaccinated, right? There was three that were not vaccinated at all. Yeah, of those that died, and they had serious underlying um, conditions. But then she says they had serious underlying health conditions. Which yeah. even if you're vaccinated, if you have serious underlying health conditions, you can die from COVID. So. <laughs> You can die, really. If you have serious underlying health conditions, you could potentially die from the cold, uh, let alone COVID or the flu. But that should kind of, I don't know, maybe be a red flag for people that like data or, or have any kind of analytical mind at all to be able to look at it and say, okay, three people died that weren't vaccinated because they had underlying health conditions, severe, serious underlying health conditions. And the rest of them died that were all vaccinated. And some of them were even boosted. Kind of like, I don't know, man, that that, that this seems like unless 90% it's of their... It's a circus. It, it is. Un- unless 99% of their population is vaccinated and there's a very small minority that are not vaccinated, there's no way to parse that data to say you need to get vaccinated. That, I mean, th- this, is, this is what I said. Word, word is getting around that this is what's happening. And, and when you have that start to get around, I mean, I spoke to somebody last night in, in the UK, right? And I, I haven't told you this, Bruce. Uh, do, do you know the person that you and I both know that went through a life-changing experience at a hospital, was on a vent for a couple of months and almost died? Which, quite frankly, I don't even believe that the guy had COVID because he was testing negative before he went in. He gets to the hospital and they said, oh, no, he's got COVID. And he went straight on a ventilator. That's what's happening in a lot of American hospitals. If, yeah. As a matter of fact, if he was in an American hospital, they would have put him on a, a remdesivir treatment and he'd probably be dead. So I told yep. him he was lucky to be alive. I sat down with him. He actually he came to me. And th- this is just just to give you an idea of how, how bad this is as far as like psychologically manipulating people immediately. Immediately, the first thing he wanted to do after he got out of the hospital was go and get a shot. 
And then he, he's like, oh, I'm going to go get a shot and, a, and, and you know, double vax. I'm going to go get a booster. I'm going to get the natural immunity. It's going to build up my protection. I'm like, dude, just stop. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. But after about a week or so, a couple of weeks, he, he sat down and he, he came to me and we had an hour long conversation. And you know what? He's still going to go and get it done. Even after that, I said, after that conversation, you're going to go and you're going to get that done. Are you serious? Why do I tell that story? I tell that story because last night I was speaking to another individual who knows that person who was on their way to London because one of the family members just passed away. Gee, I wonder what it could have been. Everybody in the families vaxxed, boosted, and all the rest of it. But back to the original point here, I think the the powers that be are looking to do some type of major damage control on all this. Number 10 in the UK has announced that they're going to roll back all restrictions starting in March. Scotland has said they're going to remove all restrictions starting on Monday. But again, as you stated before, when we started tonight, before we started tonight, you said, look, they've said that before. And they have. They have. But I think they're looking for a way to try and and minimize what's going on out there uh, in the streets against them. The problem is this. We're now going to be hit with a supply chain crisis. China's got 100 million in lockdown. They've shut down their ports again. We're right back to where we started over two years ago, where they shut everything down. They're going to jam up the supply lines. You think you've got empty shelves in America now? You haven't seen anything yet. Empty shelves in America. Oh, boy, are they coming. Oh, boy, are they coming. The truck drivers in Canada... You know, they shut down all lanes of traffic crossing today, the truck drivers. Do you know why? Because they say they're not going along with mandates. They shut down all traffic coming into Canada and going out of Canada. No freight. None. They're doing it to make a statement, although I agree with this, the sentiment. Same thing that the Aussie truck drivers did down there, the truckies in uh, uh, in Australia. They shut it all down. You know, well, I, I can't say they shut it all down. They all just happen to have dead batteries at the same time all across the country. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a shame when that happens, when when all of your rigs should, just... Yeah. You shouldn't have bought those China batteries. I you mean, shouldn't have. seriously. No, you shouldn't have. Of course, you're not going to be able to get them now because now China is going to hold the world hostage economically. But again, they'll never threaten, bully or intimidate another nation uh, ever because confrontation with China, that would be a bad thing as they're shutting down the supply lines because we've created, back to my original point from tonight, they have created a monster that they can now no longer control. The elites in the West, they have created a monster that they can't control any longer, and they will not even admit it to themselves. They won't admit 30 years of failure of not just the West, but a lifetime of failure of themselves. You see, it's not enough that they failed to run our economies very well. It's not that at all. It's that they are failures in life themselves. They're losers. I've said that before. They're losers. They're, they're spoiled, rotten children that have never existed in the world, real world. They haven't grown up like we've grown up. They don't come from humble roots. Most of these people don't even have higher educations. Oh, the think tank people do, yes. Look at any Fortune 500 CEO. Most of them don't have these higher educations that they revere at these universities. They don't. Look at any self-made millionaire. Very, very few of them have higher educations because they exist in what is the real world. They're hard workers. Elon Musk, hardworking guy, smart man. Does he agree with the Klaus Schwab types of the world? No. And look what they're trying to do to his business. So my point is, is that 
they need a distraction. We're moving away from COVID. If you look at the uh, the extrapolation of uh, uh, of like uh, on our road to 2030, if you look at that, the, the Great Reset roadmap, if you look at that a few years from now, there's no talk of COVID. It's all gone. There's nothing. There's nothing in the plans about anything like that. We're now moving into economic warfare and cyber warfare. We've been tested on the biological side. The pump has been primed for that. They know what responses to expect, and they're trying to remain relevant going forward. The wolves are at that door for them. We are at the gates of Berlin. We're on our way. We're marching to the Reichstag, to use a World War II analogy, like Dr. Manati did. He's absolutely right. I said they are in the bunker. They're having their lavish parties, and they're planning the future, and they're going to build this, this great utopia, just like the Nazis thought, as the bombs were dropping on them, as they were being surrounded by all sides. They're doing damage control and trying to remain relevant. They're trying to win a war with armies they don't have. Look out in the streets. Look at the police officers. Do those look like old, seasoned cops to you? No, they don't. They look like scared kids. That's what they look like. They look like 20-year-old, 30-year-old scared kids. They're just kids. That's all they are. They're given an extra what-the-hell-ever going forward, an extra food ration. They're exempt from the, the jabs or whatever. Hell, it even says that in the Gates, the Gates Foundation documents, that the, uh, the ones that enforce it are exempted. They're given the pass, the COVID pass, or the, the, the vaccine pass, without taking it. It even says that. It's, it's in black and white. So they're doing it to save their sorry, cowardly behinds. And I, that's all they are. They're cowards. And they're in the way, quite frankly. They're in the way. You men and women that are in law enforcement, we can do this with you, or we can do this without you. And I'm talking about peacefully. We can do this with you. We can do this without you. I would prefer that we, the people, do this with you, and you come on board with the winning side, because... I can assure you, as sure as I'm sitting here, because I know history and I know how these things play. I know how these things play. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I understand how this works. Those of you that are the enforcement arm of this, that are protecting the sellouts in these buildings, listen to me very carefully if you're listening to me. And I, I know that you don't go out in public. You don't, you don't say anything to anybody because you're just following orders, and you're just doing your job. Listen to me very carefully if there are any of you listening to me. You historically do not make it. And I'm not talking about from the angry mobs in the streets. Quite frankly, if you look at the ones that are in the streets, none of them are angry. The people, they're not angry. They're not burning places down. They're not smashing up cars. They're not torching businesses. They're not doing any of that. They're not smashing out banks like Antifa does when they go out there and they call it a mostly peaceful protest. These are people that march down to the government buildings and say, listen here, we're here, we're not going anywhere. We want you out. The police officers, listen to me very carefully. The powers that be in those buildings and above will sacrifice you. You don't make it. The problem becomes those that replace you. Most of the people in the police departments have already been forced out. They're now bringing in the next wave. And like I said, they're just kids. If you, if you look at them, they're just scared kids. That's all they are. But you put a club and a shield in their hand, and they think they're, I don't know, uh, so-and-so of Sparta. It's ridiculous. They don't care about you. You're not going to get a pension. You're not going to get an extra food ration. You're not going to get an extra pound of silver or whatever in the hell it is you think you're going to get. It never works out that way. You're always gotten out of the way. Again, not by the people, by the people that employ you. 
And that's the biggest deception right there is I'm sitting here, I'm talking about the police. That goes for the bureaucracy as well. You're gotten out of the way. The politicians, they're gotten out of the way. Again, not by the people, not by the people, by the people above them. These politicians have gone through this, uh, the, what's, what's Schwab call it? The, the young global leaders or whatever it is. They've gone through that program. Macron's gone through that. Merkel went through that. Tony Blair went through that. Uh, Ardern down there in New Zealand went through that. Many of the Australian politicians and bureaucrats went through that. A lot of the European leaders, uh, the American uh, politicians, they've all gone through it. Justin Trudeau, Canada, they, they, they've all gone through that. They were all young global leaders. They've been brought up in those institutions that they run. Sajid Javid, the health minister of the UK, was brought up in their tutelage as well, all the way up through their institutions. They're the ones that will be deceived as well. To protect the upper elites, the upper, upper elites, to protect them, they'll offer up all their people underneath that have helped them get that project in place. Do you think for one minute that they're going to allow all of this work that they've spent a century building? Believe me, that's how long it's been. It's been over that, actually. You can go back to the, uh, the meeting of Jekyll Island, the central bankers back in the U.S. before we established the Federal Reserve. But up to this point, do you honestly think that they're going to allow you to stand in the way, to give power back to the people, to cut them out? No. They're in it till the end. It's two outs, to use a baseball analogy, it's two outs, bottom of the ninth. The count is full and they are swinging for the fences. They're all in. They're all in and they're not leaving without a fight. All right. Um, we're out of time. Bruce, you got any final thoughts? No. Um, uh, I, I, I do want to say, though, I hope I hope you're right. I hope that that is the case. I hope that it is. I hope it's um, it's not going to be like they're going to pull the cyber pandemic nonsense. I think they're going to go there. Absolutely. I, I, th I think they're going to go there. Burn everything down. I, yeah, I, I, I hope I, uh, it's are, but I hope it doesn't. I hope they don't do the I hope they don't uh, do the scorched earth policy and it, it we're able to mitigate that. I, I honestly hope it, it you know, I think it, it, it could be because so many people have stuff invested and it, it, it could be another uh, 2008 would be minor compared to I, what they could to potentially do. I think you could equate it to, again, final days of, of the Third Reich. I think you could equate it to that. Operation Nero by the Nazis. It was scorched earth. We're going to burn everything down. And that was all their own infrastructure. They said, if we aren't going to have it, then you're not going to have it either to the German people. It's the same thing here. It's the exact same thing here. It's going to be scorched earth. We got to them and stopped them before it got out of control. They didn't get to all the infrastructure. They got to a good percentage of it, but they didn't get to all of it. We were able to stop that. We were able to mitigate that damage and rebuild Europe. But it's going to be the same thing here. I think they're going to do a lot of damage. Don't get me wrong. I, I think they still got a lot of cards left here to play. I think they've still got the economic side of things that they want to try and, and manage. But I honestly, I believe... Uh, that it's too late for that. People are already on to them. They already know what the deal is here. People out in the street, they know what the score is. They know who these people are. They know what they're up to. People know who the Klaus Schwab's of the world are. Go to their Twitter page. My God, it's full of hatred. Go to their own their own homepage. They have to shut down half the time because people fill out BS applications to their forum threatening their families. People are already on to their game. So I think it's scorched earth with the elites. I think they're going to burn everything down. I think they're going to pull the economic card. I think we're going to go through a time of serious economic hardship because the system has to reset anyway. And I'm not I'm not advocating for the whole Klaus Schwab, you know, whatever. I think that's just crackpot nonsense. But the system has to has to go through a form of reset in a sense where we need a stabilizing factor. We don't have it yet. 
We need some form of stabilization. A single currency for the world is not it. We can go around and round about solutions and ideas and all that stuff. And quite frankly, I was talking to Marty about it today. He'll be back this week, by the way, for those that are fans of his. That will be something that we're going to do in the uh, in the near future. He wants to be on the next one. We're going to do another roundtable uh, and we're going to put it all out on the table. Uh, all of our ideas, all of our brainstorms and, and solutions and things like that. Uh, because he heard the one with uh, with Ned and myself and you yesterday. And he says, we need to expound upon that. So he wants to be on the next one. But anyway, we're going to see some times of economic hardship. And I think we're going to see, we're already starting to see the start of cyber disruptions, uh, online disruptions, things like that. Uh, and I think we're going to see more of that uh, in, in the coming days. But again, as you said, and I, I totally agree with it, um, it's going to be how we mitigate that damage. This plane's going to crash, but it's going to be how hard we manage that crash landing uh, is, is going to be key. Uh, and so, but again, I, I'm very hopeful. And hopefully we don't do what uh, was done to Germany in World War One, right after World War One, and put uh, the yeah. uh, unpayable... Uh, if they do that here, it's going to end up doing the same plan that they're wanting to do to collapse everything. It'll end up happening, but it'll it'll be slightly delayed, like yeah, in Germany. Yeah, like we can't, and again, this is something we can discuss on the roundtable, but we can't put these ridiculous amounts of sanctions on, say, like China, for example. We, we can't do that uh, because at the same time, their government's going to fall, uh, which I think they're on self-destruct anyway, because Q2 uh, this year, I think they're finished. But we can't put, uh, they're, they're going to fall, but we can't sanction the Chinese people. That's putting sanctions on the Chinese people. It's it's exactly what you said. It's the, the ridiculous amount of sanctions that we didn't put on the German government. We put it on the German people people after World War One, And what good did that do? I mean, hell, that caused World War II and, and it brought, brought about the Holocaust. Again, we don't need to go down that road. That's what we want to avoid at all costs. So anyway, all right, um, we are going to have to go. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For those of you who'd like to drop us a comment, uh, feedback, good, bad, ugly, all the rest of it, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Everyone have a fantastic evening.